Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Soporu. Thank you for listening to episode 98. Wherever you're listening, make sure you five-star rate, subscribe, and review the podcast, because this week, we'll talk about what's in the news, we'll do our roundtable, and of course, we have question of the week. So again, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Episode 98. Of course, as always, we'll start with our market update. Um, And really, we've seen a buying of the presumed early stage bottom. Um, So we had three couple days uh, of heavy bull market um, and buying from the release of new data in the Omicron variant. And it really just spurred a, a buying, which, you know, I spoke on WEX Monday morning, 5 a.m., 4.30 a.m. wake up call for a 5 a.m. spot on CNBC. And just talking about how we've seen that a lot, a bounce back and ret- revival of stocks anytime there's a pullback, especially over the last year or so. So um, right now, the, the futures are pointing to a lower open but there's just been positive news um, as far as the new data released by about the new variants. Uh, we've seen travel stocks rebound. We've seen financials tag all, all we've seen a little, a lot of sectors rebound. Um, and there's still the, the whole issue and conversation around the fed and what the fed's going to do. Tapering's obviously starting. And then what we're, they're going to do with interest rates in 2022. So that's still a big sentiment for the market. But right now, there's really nothing that has been able to quell market rebounds or the bull market in in the last couple of years. It's it's been incredible. And that's something you shouldn't, people shouldn't get used to, right? Like what we've seen in the last 18 months, the stock market is not normal. It's not run rate. If you're expecting just stocks to go up, you're going to be in for rude awakenings. That's not how it goes. You're obviously in unprecedented times still. So that's kind of our market update. But if we switch over to News, current events. Apple has an alleged $275 billion deal with China, which has helped it thrive where other U.S. tech giants couldn't. So a big story broke um, that Apple CEO Tim Cook reportedly um, signed a deal with Chinese officials in 2016. Uh, It was about a $275 billion deal, which Apple promised to invest in China's economy and tech industry, um, Cook sealed the deal during a China visit um, after regulators uh, there cracked down on its China biz. So he, he made the deal. He promised to to invest. It's reportedly a five-year agreement. Um, and Apple promised to invest in Chinese company, which Apple did $1 billion into Didi, the, um, pretty much the Uber of China, which we'll talk about more later. But, you know, that's a story that broke. And it's really interesting because, you know, it's hard to break into that area, especially for tech companies. Um, and so he, I mean, we, we don't talk much about Tim Cook as far as like how good he is as a CEO. You know, Apple's on pace to hit 3 trillion market cap. And that's another thing. People think because stocks go up that they can't go up more just because they've gone up a lot. They obviously don't understand how future expected earnings work, uh, which is why you buy stocks in the first place. So just because the stock hit two trillion dollar valuation, three trillion dollar valuation doesn't mean it's going to drop because of the fact that it went up to those valuations. Um, there's going to be a ten trillion dollar company at some point in the world, right? Like that's just how future expected earnings work. Um, and so that's an aside, but that's an interesting. We don't talk much about Tim Cook and his ability as a CEO. He's got him in overshadowed by Steve Jobs, but you have to give credit. 
the Tim Cook here and what he's been doing. Um, Apple is, you know, one of the two top two, three largest companies by market cap in the world. Quelling and surviving past what's been going on in supply chain issues we're seeing um, has probably one of the biggest, best known brands in the world as well. So you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give credit where credit's due um, in that regard. Fact of the day, folks: Investors bought six six point seven billion worth of stocks during last week's pullback in the market. That's the highest weekly amount in about four years. It was an incredible rebound, um, as I spoke about and kind of prefaced, you know, earlier. Now it's more sad news. This has gone viral, but DoBetter.com. Vishal Garg, the CEO of a mortgage company, Better.com. Um, is actually the name of the, the, the mortgage company, but dobetter.com is a funny way of saying it. Broke out. So the, the CEO, he kind of had a, he laid off 15% of his company, or, or well, 10% of the company, excuse me, which is about 900 employees. And he did it over a Zoom call. And the Zoom video went viral um, because of the way he communicated. It was curt. It was, seemed cold. Um, and after he fired the, the people in the video, he then got on with the rest of the employees and pretty much said that those other people, he disparaged the people he fired. And he's been known to disparage people via emails and whatnot and, and kind of just be an overall not so nice guy. So it went viral. There was a lot of fallout from it. That to put a pin in their plans to um, go public via SPAC merger. Um, and they're just having a rocky time right now. So, I, you know, if we think about holiday seasons, holiday time, we're trying to spread love and spread cheer. So speaking of that, if you had a great 2021 or even if you just have more to spare, um, my parents have started a 501c3 to give back and to help widows in Western Africa. They've been doing this for a while, you know, sending money for food in, into that area. And they have an infrastructure built out to do so. So I have the link tree. It's a third link in my link tree, my profile, to be able to donate whatever you can to the PayPal link. There's a website forthcoming. But feel free to do that. If you have more, you have cheer, if you want to look for a way to donate before 2021 and have your tax deductions or whatever, whatever your reasons being, um, feel free to do that. So let's move on. Google's top trending searches for 2021. This is always fun. If you remember last year when I did this, I couldn't stop laughing. So let's dig into this if I can find this top searches for 2021. Um, this time I was trying not to laugh, but if you look at the top searches, the NBA was a top search. That's interesting to me. What did we need to know about the NBA in 2021 that we didn't know prior? That's it just there's no other sports in the top five. So I'm actually just curious that we were suturing the NBA. DMX was number two, RIP DMX. Gabby Petito, I, I think she's a she's a musician. I have no clue. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse and Brian Laundry round out the top five. News searches, top news searches, Mega Millions, makes sense, I guess. <laughs> AMC Stock, Stimulus Check, Georgia Senate Race, and GME, meaning GameStop. Um, interesting. Let's see. Actors, Alec Baldwin, unfortunate, and, and that prayers to everybody in that situation. Pete Davidson, uh, uh, interesting <laughs> enough. <laughs> Shailene Woodley, I, I, that name sounds familiar. Is she, um, she's in something. I just actually don't remember what it is, but the name sounds familiar. Gina Carano, I no clue who that is. An Army Hammer, I, I've heard the name as well. Um, athletes, let's go to athletes. Tiger Woods, still the SOP, searched when he has not competed professionally for a while. 
So that's a strong brand right there. Simone Biles, shout out to her for doing amazing things. Henry Ruggs III, unfortunate situation. Prayers to all that are involved in that. Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham Jr., top receiver for the Los Angeles Rams. And Aaron Rodgers rounds out the top five athletes. So this is always fun to see what people are thinking of. Um, it's it's a really, really interesting list to see how people's mind were thinking in 2021. Um, and yeah, I like it. I always love going through that. So we'll keep focus on 2022 as that comes up. So we were talking about, um, you know, a little bit on what's been going on with Apple's investment in China and Didi, which we, we talked about a little bit, was the Uber of China. They went public in the U.S. in June and the largest U.S. IPO of a Chinese company since Alibaba. But Didi's debut has caused some drama because China wanted uh, to pause the IPO, make sure that Didi's data was safe. Um, and now Didi is saying that they're going to delist. They said they're going to delist from the New York Stock Exchange and they're going to relist in Hong Kong. Um, and of course, the Chinese regulators were behind the reversal. So Didi's shares obviously plunged on the announcement. Um, and shares of other Chinese tech giants also plunged because they fear maybe this is going to be a mass delisting of Chinese companies in the U.S. and relisting overseas. Um, and so that's an interesting trend we might have to see. That China has been cracking down on its tech titans um, via regulation uh, this year. So it's been really, really interesting landscape for those heavily invested over there. I'm not because uh, I don't understand the regulatory landscape as much as I would like to be able to put capital behind it. So that's an interesting thing to see, and we'll watch what trends occur from that. More trends occurring. DoorDash, it's launching its ultra-fast delivery in NYC. So instead of you know getting your delivery in whatever time frame it normally happens, they're saying, hey, you can get it in on a cap of 10 to 15 minutes, but you have to pay us one to $2 extra fee. So deliveries are limited to an area near Dash's tiny urban warehouse, AKA Dash Mart, um, all over this lot in NYC. So they're, they're focusing on NYC first. Full-time employees who make 15 hour an hour with benefits will complete the extra quick deliveries. Um, a big shift from uh, Dash is normal using gig workers. So this looks like they're trying to find ways um, to to switch the model, the business model, and, and also entice customers. I noticed when I had Uber Eats order that it said, hey, you can get the delivery faster if you pay like $2.99 or $1.99 or something. I was like, I think I did it once, and I don't remember if it was faster or not. So I guess we'll see if this is a value add to people. I don't know how much speed and efficiency we need in, in regards to just getting our food delivered. I mean, I guess the food just being delivered is, is enough for me, but we'll, we'll see. In um, more um, unfortunate COVID news um, in general, but it's not unfortunate what the, the regulation is, but they are saying, New York City is saying, from Wall Street to Times Square to everyone, all private sector employees need to be vaccinated against COVID-19, Mayor Bill de Blasio said. Um, so they're justifying it as the first in the nation measure to have everyone, private sector and public, uh, private sector employees, excuse me, to to be vaccinated. Um, and so, yeah, they, they're, they're pushing it because they want to make us safer. So that is um, something to watch out for uh, and, and see how how it goes. So pri private sector employees now must be vaccinated in New York City. 
And that's all we have for news. It was a big, big, heavy news chunk. Um, next up, we will go to the roundtable. Retirement. Life in retirement. What an interesting thing. So we all preface and focus on this so much, which is like getting to the place if you work in a nine to five and have a W-2 or if you are self-employed um, and pursuing your own passions. But everyone focuses and prefaces on retirement. But what actually happens in retirement? What do your parents do if they're retired? What do your people that you know do that are retired? So I want to actually look it up because it was interesting So I'm doing a couple of things for older clients. Um, and so it made me think like, what are the stages of retirement? What are the stages that you can potentially look out for in retirement? The first stage we are, we are planning for now, we understand that we're planning for those first stages now, which is pre-retirement and planning and getting to the goals of retirement, which takes a lot of saving, which people don't like to do. <laughs> they think it's a detriment and it obviously takes solid investing, but um, let's go past that. If you work, let's look at it from the perspective of someone that works at W-2, what happens? So the, the last day, the big day you put in the last day of retirement, you, you put it into the job, you tell your job, they get you a cake. I think in the old days, they used to get you a watch or something. Now they just get you a cake for all your 30 years of service is what you get. Um, and I say, that's it. You'd say goodbye to the people you loved, goodbye to the people that annoyed you, which I'm sure were plenty. Um, and, and you're there, you're there. Now it's the honeymoon phase. I'm free. I have all this free time. I'm going to catch up with people I never caught up with. I'm going to go to weddings. I got to do all this. Uh, I could travel. Um, I can indulge, visit relatives, friends. Because there's no, there's no blockade of time that I can't allocate to myself. And then they say the disenchantment comes, the next level. That's it? This is it? Now I'm just like free. I just have all this free time. I have nothing to do. Um, I'm just, you know, bored. I'm let down. This is kind of boring, um, especially for younger people. And the next stage from that is building a new identity, finding a new hobby, finding something to do, familiarizing yourself with something else, finding a new landscape, a new mountain to climb, and getting more involved in that. And this could be the most difficult stage because you're just rebranding, refinding, re-identifying yourself, maybe starting a new business, a side business, side hustle, a nonprofit of some sort. Um, and these are areas where you could really, really use social media, your network to find where you could fit in. Um, and then finally, the last stage is moving on. Um, it's a roller coaster though, folks, but planning is important. Um, doing, going through these stages with a trusted person is important because this is an interesting life cycle that you'll see. But I thought it was interesting to look at, cause we, we don't think about what happens a lot in retirement, obviously from the standpoint of, you know, your savings and your pulling money to live off of, but this is such an interesting standpoint to look at it from actually psychologically mentally what happens to your mind as you go through these stages so something to keep in mind and let's go to question of the week next question of the week let's get right into it folks the listener says my husband recently approached me with the idea for our money he wants us to set up an account where we both put 10 percent of our income for discretionary spending Interesting, interesting. A lot of my clients put, they have joint accounts where they put in money for investment 
um, and long-term and medium-term investments. But this is interesting, discretionary spending. So it's more like they're going to use it to spend every month or, or every so often. And as we continue on, the listener says, my husband makes more than I do. And because of this, he says it is fair that he would be able to spend more than I would. How do you feel about this? Oh, man. So I'm, I'm sure this guy's a decent guy. But if you look at the situation, I just don't agree. If you're all doing 10 if you're both doing 10% of income, obviously that's proportioned correctly. So then why, when it hits the account, would the husband spend more when you're both proportionately equally contributing to the account if everyone follows me on that? So it doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if you're doing things proportionally, it should be spent and it should be a we thing. It should be together. So um, it would be fair to say that both of you should be able to spend the cash together or, you know, when needed, but it's not something that it should be capped uh, on something versus the other person. If that's my thought, especially when you're in a marriage in a partnership and doing all those things. So that's, that's how I would look at it. Um, and we have many clients that have joint accounts, uh, custodial accounts for young ones, for minors that are saving and doing things together. Cause it is a lot of times a family and we thing. So um that's that's what we have this week folks we, we we're pushing up on the holidays hopefully we're getting to spend time with family or, or do whatever you guys can during these times um but stay safe and we'll talk next week